A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Today we won the match with a crushing score. And I was as good as ever. I put the ball in the basket every time I attacked. Now I was standing surrounded by the cool girls from our college and listened to how good I was today. It was already late and I went to the locker room. But on the way, I came across Nancy Stewart, a local nerdy and straight A student. I tried to get around her, but every time she blocked my way. Nancy suggested that I study with her. She knew that I devote a lot of time to sports and do not think about studying at all. For as long as I can remember, this Nancy has been following me everywhere, not letting me live normally and driving me crazy. So now I pushed her away and left. One day after training, she burst into the men's locker room with textbooks to study with me. Naturally, the guys didn't like it and they asked me to show her the door, which I did. Maybe I was rude then, but one needs to know the boundaries. I knew perfectly well that these lessons with me were just an excuse to meet. And since I kept trying to get out of it, Nancy became more and more persistent. One day, I became very ill and came down with a fever. Then my friends came to me to support me. We were chatting and playing video games, but guess who came then? The door of my room opened and our crammer Nancy came into the room with a whole pile of textbooks in her hands. I was very surprised by her visit because I did not invite her. Nancy pushed my friends out, muttering to them something about the fact that Sean is sick and he needs a healthy sleep and bed rest. My friends were not happy with such audacity and neither was I. How did this Nancy even have the nerve to just break into my apartment? I yelled at her and asked her not to come near me anymore. And I also couldn't help myself and shouted to her that I would never meet such a scarecrow like her. Not on my life. I agree it was tough, but she totally drove me crazy. Nancy stared at me with angry eyes for a long time, then silently picked up her textbooks and went out the door. A friend of mine joked that I'd better be more careful because such a stubborn one can kidnap me. I just laughed with them. Then I heard a strange sound outside the door. The floorboards began to creak. 
It was as if Nancy had just left and had been eavesdropping on our conversation all this time. After a long illness, as it seemed to me, I recovered and went back to basketball training. At the training itself, I felt some kind of indisposition and my coach, noticing this, sent me home to rest. Even though I came out of training early, it was already dark outside. I was walking along the road and I started to feel very dizzy. I took a couple more steps. One, two. My body buckled and I fell into darkness. I opened my eyes and found that I was in some strange room with pink wallpaper. My clothes were lying on a chair, neatly washed and ironed. It was all very strange. I looked out the window. It became clear that I was on the third floor, and the house itself was just huge and there were only forests for miles around it. I tried the door handle, but it was locked. Out of anger and despair, I started pounding on the door with my fists and demanding to be let out. Suddenly, a muffled voice came from the speaker hanging over the door, which said that I had passed out and instead of wasting energy, frantically knocking on the door, I had better rest. I really wasn't feeling well and I felt dizzy. I barely made it to the bed, collapsed on it, and then fell asleep. When I woke up, I saw a tray of sandwiches and tea on a chair. So, while I was sleeping, someone came in here. The voice came out of the speaker again. It advised me to eat. I refused for a long time and demanded to be released. But the voice simply did not respond to my complaints. Hunger still got over me and I ate everything that was on the tray. After I finished the last sandwich, the speaker started playing again. The voice said that there were textbooks here if I wanted to study. What textbooks? They're keeping me locked up in the boonies. However, this time, I didn't protest. I just walked around the room, studying everything around me. However, at some point, I got tired of hanging around and still opened the textbook. On one page, I found a homemade bookmark. Oh my god! I remembered that I had already seen one. I started shouting that I knew who had kidnapped me. I demanded that Nancy open the door immediately. The speaker groaned and went silent again. The door opened. When I left the room, I found myself in a long corridor. I noticed one strange door on which it was written in red letters, Do Not Enter. Naturally, I wondered what was behind this door, but just as I thought, it was closed. I went down to the living room. Nancy was sitting at a huge table on which there were delicious dishes. I didn't even look at her, but immediately went to the exit and began to pull at the huge door. But it seems all exits in this house are also locked. Nancy invited me to the table, but I didn't sit down because I wasn't going to play her stupid game. I went to the other rooms and began to check the doors. It was locked. I looked at the windows. There were bars on the windows everywhere on all floors. Damn, this is some kind of prison. Realizing that there was no way out of here, I returned and sat down at the table. I was very hungry, so I ate and demanded that she let me out and if this is some kind of joke, then it dragged on. Nancy replied that she saved me when I passed out and brought me to the house of her parents, who, by the way, come here very rarely. Now she decided to make a little experiment. She wants to make me fall in love with her in seven days. Today is coming to an end and she still has six more days. 
I almost choked on such a statement. I shouted that I would not stay for six days with this crazy woman, who instead of taking me to the hospital, locked me in her bedroom. Nancy smiled and said that I would soon confess my love to her. While she was talking, I noticed a strange key next to her. I didn't want to stay in the same room with this psycho, and the only open room was the one in which she kept me, so I went there to sleep. I woke up in the dead of the night. The door to my room was closed again. Looks like Nancy locked me in as soon as I fell asleep. From the pocket of my jeans, I took out the screwdriver I had found when I was looking for a way to get out of this damn house and carefully unscrewed the handle. When I was free, I immediately went to the main door of the house hoping that I could also get out of it. But I was in for a huge disappointment in the form of a padlock on the door. My life-saving screwdriver could not cope with it. I was already desperate and ready to return to the room when I remembered about the key that Nancy had with her. It obviously had to open that door marked, Do Not Enter. Maybe that's where she keeps the other keys to the house? All I had to do was sneak into her room and pick it up. In Nancy's bedroom, there was a small nightstand next to her bed. Afraid to wake her up, I crept on tiptoe. There was a small carved box on the nightstand. I was 100% sure that the key was there. As soon as I opened the box, it started playing some music very loudly. I snatched out the key and slammed the lid. The music stopped. I stood as if dumbfounded and was afraid to move. It seemed to me that I had woken Nancy, but Nancy did not move. Moreover, she began to snore and her snoring even calmed me down, because it meant that she was fast asleep. Standing in front of the secret door, I wondered what secrets Nancy kept behind it. Just as I thought, the key came up and I opened the door without any problems. I imagined that what I would see would amaze me, but I didn't even think how much. In the dim light of the lighter I used to illuminate the room, I found my photographs and newspaper clippings with my image on the walls. Moreover, my old things were stored here. Here are my old sneakers that I threw away, and here is my sketch album that I have been looking for for so long. In the very center of the room, there was a mannequin that was dressed in my clothes, and a photo of my face was attached to the mannequin's head. Damn, she's crazy. She's obviously obsessed with me. If she built an entire altar in my honor, I need to get out of here. As soon as I thought about it, the lights in the room turned on. There were pops behind me. Nancy was standing there and was very unhappy that I revealed her little secret. Nancy said that after my antics, she could not let me go because I would tell her secret and everyone would think that she was crazy. Smiling, she added that, in fact... They were not going to let me out. Then she slammed the door. Is she completely out of her mind? Sooner or later, they will start looking for me. Although it could take weeks or even months until they find me, I had no intention of staying in this dark room for so long. I shouted that if she did not let me out now, then I would burn everything that she had been collecting for so long. There was no answer. Apparently, she thought I was bluffing. Well... I lit the flame. Nancy was standing in the hallway when the fire alarm went off. She saw that smoke was pouring from the cracks under the door. Without thinking for a long time, she opened the lock. As soon as I saw that the door was open, I jumped out of the room. 
Nancy watched as the things that she had carefully collected over the years burned down. Nancy pushed into that room to save what was left. Meanwhile, carbon monoxide smoke was spreading throughout the house. Nancy flapped the blanket to put out the fire, and I demanded that she let us out at last, otherwise we will die here. To which Nancy replied that she was ready to accept death hand in hand with me. Crazy. I ran to the exit, but already in the middle of the way, I stopped. I couldn't leave her there. When I returned to the room, Nancy was already lying unconscious. I hoisted her onto my back and carried her down to the main entrance. Putting her on the floor, I began to give her artificial respiration. When she woke up for a second, I demanded that she give me the key to the door. Nancy just shook her head. In her crazy eyes, I realized that she even liked everything that was happening. All this tragedy in the style of Romeo and Juliet. When I was already desperate and prepared for the worst, I heard loud bangs on the door. Another blow and the door shattered into fragments. It was the firemen. Oh, how glad I was to see them. They carried Nancy and me out. She was immediately put on a gurney and put on an oxygen mask. I stood aside, shaken but unhurt, and watched as cars flooded the house of Nancy's parents. I'm sure they have insurance. As I was standing there, the doctors rolled Nancy past me. She took off her mask and said that we would see each other soon, because I saved her, which means I love her. I thought that it seemed that nothing was finished yet but I understood that she was not joking. After all this, I went back to college and pretended that I was just sick and nothing happened. But I haven't seen Nancy since that moment. Although, to be honest, I can't help feeling that someone is watching me. I'm very scared. Do you think that Nancy will appear in my life again? Tell me, what would you do if you were in my place? Write the answers in the comments. So, there I was, minding my own business cleaning the floors when Mr. Fancy Suit walked by and sneered at me. A janitor, huh? Is that the best you could do with your life? I smirked and replied, Well, at least I'm not leaving messes for others to clean up. His words would fuel my journey to show them all just how wrong they were about me. Get ready, because this janitor is about to clean up. And I don't just mean the floors. It all started when I was working at this fancy bank, mopping the floors like it was nobody's business. The bank owner, Mr. Arrogant, approached me with a snobbish grin and said, It must be so sad, being uneducated and having to settle for a job like this. I clenched my teeth and replied, Well, at least I'm not a pompous jerk. But inside, I was fuming. You see, what Mr. Arrogant didn't know was that I had a brilliant mind, and I wasn't going to let his snide comments go unanswered. So, I did what any self-respecting janitor with a vendetta would do. I planned a heist. And boy, was it a good one. With a little bit of research and a lot of hard work, I managed to break into the bank owner's vault, emptying it of its riches without leaving a single trace. And just like that, the smug bank owner got a taste of his own medicine. Who's uneducated now, huh? After successfully robbing the bank, I was enjoying my new wealth when Miss Fake It Till You Make It, a beauty influencer, decided to ridicule me for being a janitor. Her words stung but it only fueled my desire to prove her wrong. So, I used some of my newfound fortune to create an eco-friendly, honest brand. And guess what? It exploded in popularity, making me even more famous than her. When she tried to score a sponsorship deal with my company, I just smirked. Sorry, we only work with genuine people. This satisfaction was indescribable. Life took a wild turn after that. Suddenly, I was living the high life. 
surrounded by gorgeous supermodels, attending VIP events, and spending a hundred thousand in a single night without even breaking a sweat. It was a far cry from my janitor days, and I couldn't help but enjoy the sweet taste of success. It's amazing how quickly things can change when you show those snobs who's boss. So this rich dude comes up to me, not realizing I was just dressed as a janitor for fun, missing my old simple lifestyle. He says, Hey, janitor boy, I bet you don't even know how to play poker. Tell you what, you can keep my house and my girlfriend, but if you lose, they're mine. I couldn't help but smirk at his arrogance. As we sat down to play, he kept trash-talking me, saying things like, You really think you stand a chance against me? I played poker with celebrities, and you're just a janitor. I just smiled and replied, Well, you know what they say, cleanliness is next to godliness. We played through the night, and just when he thought he had me cornered, I revealed my winning hand. His jaw dropped, and I couldn't help but chuckle. Looks like I just cleaned up, I said with a grin. Instead of taking his money, I decided to take his girlfriend. She rolled her eyes at him and said, I always knew you were a lousy poker player. I'm happy to leave you for someone who knows how to play the game and how to treat people right. As we walked away, I revealed my true identity, leaving the rich guy stunned and humiliated. There I was, wearing my janitor outfit for a charity event I organized, when I found a rich developer who planned to demolish my parents' house to build luxury homes. No way was I letting that happen. I pulled some strings, got involved with the decision-making process, and confronted the developer at a packed city council meeting. My parents' house is more than just a building. It's a home filled with memories and love. I told him, my voice loud and clear. The room went silent, and the developer stared at me, baffled. Who are you? He asked. Grinning, I replied, just a janitor with a heart of gold. I turned to the crowd, my voice full of passion. Who here has a home they love? Who here has memories they cherish? Hands shot up all over the room. We can't let this developer take away what makes our city special. Our homes, our community, our memories. The crowd erupted in applause, and people began sharing their stories of love, family, and the homes they held dear. The developer, realizing he was losing the battle, tried to argue his case. Think of the jobs! The economic boost! He shouted. I raised my hand to silence him. We can create jobs without sacrificing our homes and our past. We can build a better future together, without forgetting where we come from. The entire city stood behind me, and the developer had no choice but to back down. Money isn't everything. Sometimes, even a janitor can save the day. One day, I was dining at a fancy restaurant with my gold digger crush, who didn't know about my newfound wealth. I decided to wear my old janitor uniform to see her reaction. As expected, she was all about the glamour, loudly shaming me for not affording the most expensive items on the menu. I played along, pretending to be hurt by her words. But the next day, I pulled up to her place in a brand new luxury car, dressed to the nines. She couldn't believe her eyes. Hey, remember when you shamed me for not affording the most expensive stuff at the restaurant? I asked, smirking. Well, guess who just made a fortune? Her jaw dropped, and she stammered. You? But, but how? I laughed. <laughs> Turns out even a janitor can strike it rich. As I drove away, I could see the regret in her eyes. Little did she know she'd missed out on a fantastic life with a guy who knew the true value of hard work and love. Karma had spoken, and I was loving every minute of it. One day, I was invited to a costume party at my friend's luxurious mansion. The theme was Humble Beginnings, where the attendees were supposed to dress up as someone from their past or a profession they'd done before. 
I thought it'd be a great opportunity to remind myself of where I came from. So I decided to dress up as a janitor, my old job. As I was helping clean up a spilled drink at the party, a group of spoiled party girls walked by, laughing and pointing at me. Look at this loser, pretending to be a janitor, one of them taunted. Ew, and what's with that cheap outfit, another added. I rolled my eyes and decided to have some fun with them. This cheap outfit you're making fun of is actually a limited edition designer shirt, I said smirking. They didn't believe me, so I challenged them to tear it off and see for themselves. As they reluctantly tugged at my shirt, they couldn't help but gasp at my tone abs. Wow, he's hot, one of them whispered to her friend, and when they saw the designer label, their faces turned red with embarrassment. This is worth thousands of dollars, one of them exclaimed. With a sly grin, I put my shirt back on and continued enjoying the party, leaving the girls in awe, their shallow judgments backfiring on them. They just learned a valuable lesson. Never judge a book by its cover, and always be aware of the context behind people's actions. You won't believe this other crazy thing that happened to me. So, I was at this wild party, and the host suddenly announces a bizarre challenge, sharing an enormous t-shirt with someone for 24 hours, and who do I get paired with? My crush! We wriggled into the t-shirt, feeling all kinds of awkward. Well, this is one way to break the ice, I joked. She giggled, and our initial awkwardness started to fade. We had some of the funniest moments of our lives that day. Picture this. We were trying to squeeze through a doorway and got stuck right in the middle. Maybe if we twist like pretzels, we'll make it, she suggested. As we began wiggling through the tight space, or we could just moonwalk our way out, I quipped, and we both burst into laughter. Despite the sticky situations, the 24-hour t-shirt challenge turned out to be a blast. It actually brought us closer than ever, transforming a potentially cringeworthy experience into a hilarious, unforgettable memory. One day, I was walking around in my favorite vintage jacket when a group of girls started to make fun of it. Hey, nice jacket! Did you find it in the trash? They sneered. I shrugged off their comments, but before I could walk away, a stylish woman approached me. Oh my god! That jacket is to die for! I've been looking for one like this forever! She gushed. I'll give you $2,500 for it right now! The girls' jaws dropped, and they couldn't believe what they were hearing. I smirked, handing over the jacket, and walked away with a fat stack of cash. Another time, this gold digger on you turned me down for a date just because my t-shirt had a tiny hole in it. Little did she know, it was a limited edition designer t-shirt worth $10,000. After I'd made the fortune and starting living the high life, she came crawling back, full of regret. Oh, I didn't know you were so successful now. Maybe we could give it another shot? She suggested, but I just shook my head and smiled. Sorry, I only date people who appreciate me for who I am, not just my bank account. So, thanks, but no thanks. I walked away, leaving her to wallow in her shallow choices. Sweet, sweet karma. As the years went by, I continued to embrace my newfound success while staying true to my roots. I never forgot the lessons I learned from my humble beginnings as a janitor, and I always made sure to treat others with kindness and respect, regardless of their social status. One day, I decided to host a grand charity event, inviting all the people I had encountered on my journey, the rich and the poor, the influential and the humble, and even those who had once mocked or underestimated me. As the event unfolded, I took the stage and addressed the crowd. Tonight, we celebrate not just my personal success, but the power of resilience and the human spirit. It's not about how much money you have or the designer clothes you wear. It's about the person you choose to be. 
and the impact you have on others. The applause was deafening, and I could see the faces of those who had once belittled me, now filled with respect and admiration. That night, we raised a significant amount of money for charity, giving back to the community and helping those in need. As I looked around the room, I realized that I had achieved the most satisfying ending to my journey. I had not only overcome my own obstacles and found success, but I had also used my influence to make a real difference in the world. And that, my friends, is, is what true success and happiness are all about. My name is Alexei, and I come from a family of Russian oligarchs. Wealth has always been a part of my life, but I never really felt like I belonged in that world. I remember the time my father offered me a pet tiger for my birthday. Even then, I knew it wasn't for me. So, I decided to leave that life behind and go undercover, blending into society as a poor man. I found a modest apartment in the city and landed a job at a company that, unbeknownst to everyone, was actually owned by my family. I kept my true identity shrouded in secrecy, a ticking time bomb waiting to explode. I worked under David, my boss, who constantly disrespected me. Every slight he threw my way only fueled my determination to keep my secret, biding my time for the perfect moment to reveal the truth. Little did he know who he was truly dealing with or the sheer magnitude of the surprise that awaited him. One day, David decided to berate me in front of everyone. Alexei, your incompetence never ceases to amaze me. Do you have any idea how much your mistakes cost this company? I rolled my eyes deciding to clap back with some wit. You know, David, they say great leaders inspire greatness in others, but all you seem to inspire is a headache. David's face turned red with anger. You insolent little, watch your tongue, or you'll be out of a job before you can say unemployment. I smirked, feeling the suspense build up. Well, if I'm so terrible at my job, David, why don't you tell me exactly how to improve? Or is it that you're too busy driving that shiny Lambo of yours to bother with us lowly employees? He clenched his jaw, struggling to find a retort. You! You just wait! Alexei! One of these days you'll learn the hard way that you can't talk to your superior like that! Oh, I can't wait for that day, David. I replied with a grin, fully aware of the dramatic irony in our conversation. Little did he know that the power dynamic would soon shift in my favor. David's face turned red, but before he could respond, Natasha walked into the room. As Natasha, a breathtaking woman exuding sophistication, sauntered into the office, her presence was like a magnet, instantly grabbing my attention. I found myself captivated by her beauty, yet I couldn't shake the underlying feeling of arrogance and materialism that clung to her aura. It was a dangerous combination but the enigma that surrounded her had me hopelessly intrigued, ensnaring me in a web of suspense and attraction. As she walked by my desk, I gathered my courage and decided to strike up a conversation. Excuse me, I said, trying to sound as suave as possible. I don't think we've met before. I'm Alexi. She arched an eyebrow and looked me up and down, her gaze assessing me like a priceless artifact. Natasha... She replied with a cool, detached tone. So, Alexei, what brings you to this mundane world of nine-to-fine drudgery? I grinned, embracing the challenge her question presented. Ah, well, Natasha, sometimes you have to experience the ordinary to truly appreciate the extraordinary, don't you think? She smirked, 
clearly intrigued by my response. Interesting perspective. You're not like the others here, are you, Alexei? I leaned in, lowering my voice to a conspirational whisper. Maybe I'm not, Natasha, but that's for you to discover, isn't it? As our conversation continued, the electricity between us was palpable, making the air around us crackle with anticipation. The meeting of our two worlds promised an adventure neither of us could have ever imagined. Over the next few months, Natasha and I grew closer, and I slowly fell in love with her, despite her materialistic tendencies. One day, I decided to take a leap of faith and propose to her with my grandmother's ring, an exquisite piece worth millions of dollars. As I got down on one knee, I presented the ring to Natasha, whose eyes widened in disbelief. Alexei, is this some kind of joke? She scoffed, inspecting the ring with a look of disgust. This looks so cheap. How could you think I'd accept such a pathetic proposal? I was taken aback by her reaction, my heart sinking with disappointment. I tried to speak up, but she cut me off. You're nothing, Alexei. You can't give me the life I deserve. And now that I think about it, I'm leaving you. For David, the words hit me like a ton of bricks. David, my arrogant, condescending boss. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. But before I could process the situation, Natasha tossed the precious ring away. A cruel dismissal of our love. Crushed and betrayed, I knew it was time to return to my true identity and give Natasha the taste of the high life she so desperately craved. I sought solace in my family's luxurious yacht, moored in the city's marina. The next day, as I was leaving the yacht with a group of influential business people, I spotted Natasha and David approaching in his Lamborghini. The sight of me surrounded by wealth and power instantly piqued Natasha's interest, and she rushed over, interrupting our conversation. Alexei, I had no idea you were, well, who you really are, she stammered, her eyes wide with shock and regret. I was so wrong about you. Could you ever forgive me? I smirked, feeling the suspense of the moment. Oh, I'll take you back, Natasha. But be prepared for the wildest ride of your life. And so began my plan to teach Natasha a lesson about valuing people for who they are, not their wealth. Little did she know the roller coaster of emotions and experiences that awaited her. Every single day, I planned a new, over-the-top event, immersing her in the madness of wealth and excess. Our first stop was a lavish gala held in a beautiful mansion, the event dripping with opulence. As we walked around through the grand entrance, Natasha's eyes sparkled, taking in the breathtaking surroundings. I never knew such a world existed, Alexei, she admitted, awestruck. I smirked, already sensing her discomfort. Oh, Natasha, this is only the beginning, I teased, leading her to the dance floor where we waltzed the night away. As the days went by, the extravagance only increased. From exclusive fashion shows to attending private concerts with world-famous musicians, I was determined to push Natasha to her limits. She began to struggle with the constant onslaught of luxurious experiences, the superficiality of it all becoming more evident. With every passing day, the pressure mounted. Natasha's eyes widened as she attended yet another opulent event or boarded another private jet. Alexei, I feel so out of place here, she whispered, her voice wavering. I leaned in, my voice low and deliberate. But Natasha, 
Isn't this the life you always wanted? Surrounded by wealth and luxury, day by day, I could see her growing more and more exhausted with the constant whirlwind of extravagance. The constant barrage of luxury was taking its toll on her, pushing her to the breaking point. Finally, one night as we stood on the deck of my family's yacht, I could see that Natasha had reached her limit. The once alluring world of the ultra-rich had become a suffocating, hollow existence, and she could no longer bear it. As her eyes filled with tears, I revealed the truth about the ring she had so carelessly discarded. That ring, Natasha, was worth millions. Your inability to see its true value only proves how blinded you were by wealth and status. Natasha's voice trembled as she spoke. I'm so sorry, Alexei. I didn't know. I didn't understand. I sighed, the suspense hanging heavy in the air, knowing that the time had come to confront her. Natasha, do you realize why I did all of this? I asked, my voice laced with emotion. She looked at me, her eyes filled with confusion. What do you mean, Alexei? I took a deep breath, ready to reveal the truth. I wanted to teach you the importance of valuing people for who they are, not their wealth. All the luxuries, the extravagance, it was all a lesson. A tense silence settled between us as the reality of my words sank in. Slowly, Natasha began to understand the lesson I had been trying to teach her. Finally saw the superficiality of the ultra-wealthy lifestyle and how it had distorted her priorities. Tears welled up in her eyes as she reached for my hand. Alexei, I, I never realized how wrong I was. I can't believe you went through all of this just to teach me a lesson. I nodded, my eyes locked on hers. I did it because I love you, Natasha, and I believe you can change. As Natasha's perspective shifted over time, she began to appreciate the simpler things in life, cherishing the love and personal growth that came with it. Together, we realized that wealth and status were not the keys to happiness, and we decided to leave that world behind. But life had other plans. Enter Anastasia, the daughter of another wealthy family, who was determined to win my heart. She constantly tried to impress me with her lavish lifestyle and endless resources, attempting to lure me back into the world I had left behind. The tension between Natasha and Anastasia grew as they both competed for my affection. One evening, at a charity event, the rivalry between them reached its climax. Anastasia approached me, her eyes glittering with determination. Alexei, you belong in our world, not with someone like Natasha. She'll never understand you like I do. I raised an eyebrow, intrigued by her audacity. Really, Anastasia, and what makes you think you understand me so well? But before I could get a response, Natasha stepped forward, her face a mix of anger and hurt. Alexei doesn't need your world, Anastasia. He's seen the emptiness it brings, and so have I. Anastasia scoffed, her eyes narrowing. You're just afraid of losing him, Natasha. But you can't compete with me. I can give him everything you can't. Natasha stood her ground, her eyes locked on Anastasia. It's not about what you can give him. It's about who you are. Alexei isn't swayed by material things anymore. The air was thick with suspense as I looked between the two women, knowing I had to make a choice. I took Natasha's hand, facing Anastasia with a resolute expression. Anastasia, your world has nothing to offer me. Natasha and I have found happiness in each other, 
not in material possessions. Anastasia's face fell, and she stormed off, leaving us alone. Natasha looked up at me, her eyes filled with gratitude and love. Thank you, Alexei. I'm so glad we've learned the true value of life together. As the weeks went by, Natasha and I continued to grow closer, embracing our new life together. One day, while we were packing our belongings to move to a more modest home, Natasha stumbled upon something that took her breath away. The ring she had once thrown away in a fit of arrogance and misunderstanding. Her eyes welled with tears as she picked up the exquisite piece, now understanding its true value. Alexei, she whispered, her voice filled with emotion. I found the ring, the one you proposed with. I can't believe it's been here all along. I walked over, a tender smile on my face, and took the ring from her trembling hand. It's never too late, Natasha, I said softly, taking her hand in mine. Will you marry me? Not for the wealth or the status, but for the love we found together. Natasha nodded, tears streaming down her cheeks. Yes, Alexei, yes, I will. I gently slid the ring onto her finger, and we embraced, our hearts overflowing with love and gratitude. Together, we faced our future with renewed determination ready to leave behind the world of wealth and embrace the true, authentic life that awaited us. Hand in hand, we walked away from our past, ready to embark on a new journey. Our story, full of suspense and twists, came to a close with a powerful message about the importance of humility, love, and personal growth. Lessons we would carry with us for the rest of our lives. I hate it when people tell me I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth, especially when they don't know how awful my parents were to me. My name is Coda, and from the very start of my life, they made it their mission to make me feel like my birth didn't matter. I never had a birthday, never celebrated one, because they never told me when I was born and how old I was. The one thing they did for me was giving me a king's education. I had the best tutors in the world, the most private education, I had teachers and professors give me private classes in my own home. I was isolated from the world, but I also became a genius. But even though my mind was sharp as a needle, I gravitated towards the arts. I was a creative at heart, and the one thing I loved doing the most was singing. By age six, I was already singing classical pieces that even grown adults found intimidating to perform, and I did it all in the privacy of our attic. My most profound talent became my biggest secret because if my parents found out, I knew they would do all they could to stop me from singing. I used my intelligence to study music on my own, and whenever my parents would go on holidays, I would sneak music teachers into our house, and I would have them teach me everything they knew. The best voice coaches in the world came to teach me in secret. I was always alone. Not going to regular schools like everybody else made me lonely. I didn't have the chance to meet friends. And that sadness, I channeled it all into music. One day, while I was doing my vocal warm-ups, my mom heard me. She dragged me to my dad without a word. And then, she told on me. Your son... has been singing. Singing? What are you, some commoner? We hire people for entertainment, boy. We're not the ones who step so low as to be the entertainment. You will stop this nonsense now, or you'll be cut off of the will. I suggest you focus your efforts on becoming the best businessman you can be. 
After all, you will have to run the company when we retire. I had no choice. No one to turn to. I grew up shy and socially awkward. And I was weak. I did everything my parents told me to because I never had the guts to fight back. I stopped singing for a while, but when I was really down, I would still do it. It was the only thing that cheered me up. It was on the day that our mansion was being renovated that I met her. The noise from the workers was so loud that I decided to put my earbuds on to drown them out. But without noticing, I had started singing along at the top of my lungs. Suddenly, my mom slapped me. Shut that mouth of yours! Can't you hear we have company? Butler, get the door! And when the doors opened, I saw the most beautiful girl I had ever seen. She flipped her hair and said hello to my parents. I'm so sorry. I was walking my dog down the street when I heard the most beautiful voice coming from your house. May I ask who was singing? No one! No one here sings! How dare you accuse us of doing such disgusting things! Oh, uh, it's just... I'm also a singer, and... Uh, perhaps it was your son. Nonsense! Butler, get this trespasser off my property! I was 16 when I finally found out my real birthday. I bribed one of the doctors who was working in the hospital I was born at. So I wanted to throw a party. And I wanted to celebrate it by sharing the songs I wrote to the world. I was ready to show the world who I really was. But then, my parents shut down my plans, saying I was not worthy of celebrating my own birthday. They told me that only when I ascended through our company and became worthy of being CEO will I be able to do whatever I wanted for my special day. I was so depressed I ran out of the house and got lost in the maze in the garden. It was then that I heard a beautiful voice like a mermaid's. And like a sailor lost at sea, I followed the siren's call. Until, I emerged from the maze and saw her on the other side of our walls, singing as she played her guitar. Hey, I was waiting for you. you you're that girl. From before. Yeah, and I've come back for you. Your parents stifle your true talent. You should come with me. She climbed up the wall and offered me her hand to take. And I was in love at first sight. She was offering me freedom. And I took it. I ran away with Ari after she learned what a bad life I had. She hid me in her recording company's studio so that my parents wouldn't be able to find me. That was when I found out that Ari was a rich recording artist. Ari fed me, clothed me, hid me, and hired bodyguards for me. I felt really safe going out after that, knowing that my parents could never take me back by force. I worked at the studios, writing and recording late at night when nobody was there. I wrote lots of amazing songs, and after six months of living there, I was able to complete an entire album that I knew would be a hit. Only one day, I woke up and all my work was gone. I panicked. I ran around the whole place, and then, while I was rummaging around the trash in case someone had thrown my stuff away... I heard something coming from the music producers. It was my song, and Ari and her producer were laughing and toasting something. You... You stole my songs! <laughs> what did you think? You were just gonna live on my dime for free? It's just business, kid. Just how the industry works. 
Luckily, your voice sounds a bit like a girl's and close enough to Ari's, so we can sell all your work as if she's the one who wrote and sang them. I... I'll get you for this. Not before I get my money's worth first. Ari and her producer locked me up in one of the studios, and they locked me in there with four bodyguards. I was in there for three days, and I didn't know what to do. Until I got a brilliant idea. I pretended to see my parents outside. I acted my heart out. Help! You have to stop them, or they'll try to steal me! And the bodyguards believed me. They ran out of the room to chase after what they thought were my parents. What they didn't know was that because I spent all my time in the studios, I knew exactly what the layout of the building was. It took no more than two seconds to get up onto the vents. I crawled quietly, and then, as I heard the commotion of them looking for me, I dropped out of the alleyway. I ran away for the second time in my life. But this time, I didn't feel free. I just felt like a massive loser for letting the girl I loved steal my life's work. I lived in the streets for weeks. My only comfort was my new friend, Sam. She was homeless too, and she helped me a lot. I didn't know how to survive, so I'd bust in the sidewalks, the parks, and the train subway stations. My talent was finally working for me. I earned a bunch of money. I saved it all up, thinking I could maybe get enough to be able to rent a small room until I got back on my feet. But one morning, as I woke up in the park bench that Sam and I slept on, I saw that everything I owned had been stolen. Even Sam's stuff was gone too. I was left with nothing but the jacket I had on. I was so mad that I got stolen from again, and it reminded me of Ari, that I threw the jacket she bought me on the day she helped me escape my parents' house. But as I fell to the ground, I noticed a piece of paper sticking out from the secret pocket. I opened it up and saw that it was an old song I wrote. It was the birthday song I wrote when I was depressed on my 16th birthday. It was the last remaining song that Ari wasn't able to steal. I was about to cry. Instead, I stood up and stood on a small stage. I sang that song with all my heart. Even when tears began flowing down my cheeks. For the first time in a very long time, I put all my emotions into my music. Then one person came to watch. Then two. And then suddenly there was a crowd around me. People were taking videos, many of them were crying too. I got so many tips that day. But more than that, I felt so happy that my music was able to reach people. My song about my life touched people's emotions. I was so proud. The next morning, I was woken by a guy in a suit. He was a reporter, and behind him were ten more reporters from all the different networks. I had gone viral. I was on TikTok, YouTube, every single social media was blowing up with my singing. I gave interviews, and in them, I told everyone of my story, and how Ari stole my songs. Her career and the producer's career was over after that. I got signed by a pretty big recording company. I went on tour... And then I married Sam. I rescued her from the streets and took her wherever my tours took me. One day, during my anniversary concert, I saw my parents in the crowd far away. It was my birthday, and people were singing happy birthday for me. My parents hated that. I could see it in their faces. But having that happen while they were in the crowd was so satisfying, because they always made me feel like my birth never mattered. But now... Thousands of people were celebrating my existence. I thanked my fans, I kissed my wife, and then 
I jumped into the crowd as I smiled in triumph. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.